Wow, Sam Altman, who was reinstated as the OpenAI CEO again. And welcome to Products and Cake, everyone. <laughs> this is a very, very interesting news. And today with me in the virtual podcast studio of Products and Cake is Paul. How is it going? Have you heard about the news? I heard about the news, obviously. I tried to follow the drama, but that was not easy. How about you? No, it was not easy at all. It has it it happens so fast and it is it, it is kind of my version of um watching drama. Like instead of drama series, I like this kind of drama, but this one is really really fun. Um because everything happened so fast, we think uh, I I would say less than a week. Uh Sam Altman um who was the CEO of OpenAI, which is the parent company of ChatGPT, uh, first um, was sharing uh, his thoughts and ideologies on how can we make AI safer and the fact that he demanded rules and regulations for um, AI moving forward. And then within a couple of days, he was fired by the board of OpenAI. Um, And then... He was hired in the meantime in Microsoft or he was going to be hired by Microsoft in the meantime. And at the same time, Microsoft owned 49% of OpenAI. So it was a little bit confusing for me. And then uh, the new CEO was going to be announced. And there was apparently an all hands that the team were asked to join to learn a little bit about this change. Uh, less than a dozen people showed up in the all hands of a company of about 800 people, 790 people, less than a dozen showed up. And then on top of that, there was a Slack message shared that, hey, people, there is this all hands. And more than 700 people reacted, gave middle finger to this <laughs> post on Slack. And that was really interesting. On top of that, this is a, a good sign of engagement in a company. <laughs> not very, not on a good topic, but I think, and not in a good way, but it's a good sign of engagement that is part of our conversation for today. The but before we rate. jump, what? Sorry, go on. Yeah, please. The engagement rate is quite high, but the, yeah. the people also love to complain, right? Yeah, that's true. It is always a little bit easier to complain than to say something positive. But what was interesting that happened right after is that a lot of the employees, I think 700 or more than 700 of the employees signed a paper that they will resign if uh, Sam Altman is not back as a CEO. And at the same time, Microsoft said that they will offer all of them a position. They have open positions for all of them in their children, in the child uh, company of Microsoft. But based on the latest news that was shared on Washington Post only five hours ago, I can see that some Altman has been uh, reinstated as the OpenAI CEO with new board members. So the drama is a little bit quiet now 
And now that's the time that we can discuss the fun aspects of it, which is the engagement on, on Slack. <laughs> I really wonder who is who bought already the movie rights on that <laughs> drama. Netflix, True. Disney, Amazon. I'm so 100% sure one of them already got it. And we will see a nice uh, series about it very soon. Yeah. I really hope so because also the movie about Facebook was quite interesting, the social network. So from my perspective, it looks like there's a huge things going on everywhere around us. And then what happens if you look in your Slack channel? What about your engagement rates you recently discovered? Yeah, exactly. So when I first uh, read the article that so many people on Slack responded, yes, the response was not something that I necessarily would like to receive, but the engagement rate is super high. And when I look at my Slack and when I post something in the channel, no matter how many people are there, it sounds like wind is blowing. It sounds like a cold, windy Berlin night. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, there is there might be one or two people that might react with a thumbs up emoji, but that's it. And most of the times, these are the same people, right? Yeah, you have exactly. some engaged Slack ambassadors who are interacting with every piece of content, but the majority of people stay silent readers. Yeah, exactly. And I really don't know why and I really don't know how I can change it because I have mentioned multiple times that hey it is good to get some feedback hey can you react with this emoji if you can if you've read this post but still like maybe it goes up a little bit maybe 10% for one post but then again the next one is again low do you have any thoughts on that how is it and yours like um, you um, hit a wound point of me because we are a microsoft teams company oh no and microsoft teams have obviously reactions so you can throw in something but it is definitely not the same from the ui and ux perspective it's really impressive and i was not expecting that but um it is a completely different tool and it also faces different use cases. So what we are using Microsoft Teams is for writing direct messages to each other, mm -hmm. right? If you need to know something from your coworker, you've write something, you get an answer, you have super small groups with one or two people, and that is kind of working. But the, the way of using channels is uh, something I am not familiar with. I don't get how they are supposed to work. And I also have problems in getting notified about the important parts of it. So uh -huh. that makes it quite difficult. Nevertheless, we have obviously a random channel and an all hands channel and so on. And the engagement is low. And what I was thinking is, it's a similar thing to social networks, right? Normally, mm -hmm. you assume that maybe 10 to 15% of your user base is actively contributing, where 90%, 85% are just reading. And maybe we are tackling something different if the company uh, team size reaches certain levels. 
Yeah, that's true. And uh, that's a very interesting com uh, comparison that you did with social networks, because in my opinion, I consider interacting and being active on Slack as part of someone's role. Um, your role is to, part of it is to communicate, part of it is to share information, part of it is to show that you received some information. So yes, in the remote setup, we are not necessarily in meeting and ask everyone, hey, did you understand this? And everyone shakes their head. We need to do this asynchronously and not necessarily in a meeting room or in an office, which happens a lot in Slack. So this head shaking that used to happen in meeting rooms needs to be visualized for the person who sent this to know that people understood something or have paid attention or know if they have not paid attention, they can figure out another way to reach out the team. But what do you see? What do you think about that? Do you consider sharing emojis <laughs> or using GIFs on, on Slack as part of work? Yeah, that's a very good and valid question. And I think the point that is most important here, you mentioned already that it is about asynchronous communication. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a lot of more reactions than just head shaking. So this is an upside. Um, on the downside, you need to find a way to deal with your FOMO, your fear of missing out. Because if you see a lot of Slack messages or, team or whatever chat messenger uh, things going on, then maybe you get a problem in following all of these things. And then it could be possible that you lose track, right? If I open the messenger mm -hmm. and I see I have hundreds of unread messages, I can't go through all of them and I assume, okay, the important things will pop up again or someone will inform me in a, in a, in a meeting. Um, so is it maybe connected to the pure amount of messages? Is that something you um, discovered? I have not done a little uh, deep dive on this, but it easily might be that people are burnt because of so many information and messages are being shared through multiple channels. You have email, you have Slack, um, you have the a lot of meetings in your calendar and not always the priority is definitely, is very clear in your Slack. Uh, what I've done that makes it a little bit easier for me, which I think is a great feature that Slack has. Uh, I don't know if you have it in Teams or not, but you can within your channels or even even the private messages that you have on slack you can create categories and for each category you can first of all order them which category is first which category is last where where the do they sit and you can give each one an emoji so it makes it a little bit easier to find and so i have categorized my Slack channels because it is so many Slack channels and I know which one I need to read first. If all of them are are highlighted, which one I will go first, which one, no, I will, I'm not necessarily the one that needs to uh, react. And I think for each person, it is very different and each person needs to define the category for themselves. Definitely. You need to find a way on how to deal with all of these input stream 
And what I I'm a really big fan of uh, inbox zero principle. Yeah. So keeping the email inbox on zero, and you can do basically in most of the messengers the same thing to mm -hmm. close conversations. Right. If there's nothing to do anymore, I try to get them out of my way to be sure there is no conversation ongoing where something is expected from my side or where I actively waiting on something. So ideally, my messengers are empty or there are a few new conversations popping up where I am still considered to answer. Yeah, sadly, I'm not that I cannot be that strict with Slack because as you said, there is always a lot of messages. Uh, also, something I do in Slack, which I think helps is that I mute a lot of channels that it is just maybe for fun or I am not necessarily very needed. And if I am needed, people will mention me directly. And uh, so that already reduces the stress on my Slack a little bit. And yeah, the rest is I, I will leave the channels uh, when I'm not needed anymore or when that topic is not needed anymore. And then if uh, people mention me or want me in the channel, they can check and add me again. But leaving channels was really, really helpful for me. We did one team exercise just just recently and we aligned again on our favorite communication tool. And it turned out some people prefer Teams, surprisingly. Some people prefer emails and some just want to get a call. And when we listed all of that, we saw super clear, okay, it's obviously that your between two team members, your conversation, your communication is not working as good as it could be because you are monitoring two different channels as your main channel. So it's always a lag in communication. And since we made that visible and discussed on how we want to be mentioned, um, it improves because there's another evil communication channel and that is the ticket system where you can oh, also yeah. write comments and mention people. And I have 500 unread uh, notifications and I just clear them from time to time. And then I discovered, okay, one coworker was expecting me to answer only on the ticket level where I'm expecting I can write you just in teams to and send you maybe the link to the ticket. So uh, first step is making it super transparent and clear and talk over it again and again because it get it slips out of the attention of the people and we need to find ways to make our communication more mindful if you just follow every pop-up that uh, tries to get your attention your work day will be very cluttered and to come back to your original question i wonder um is that part of your job profile to react to every incoming notification and to every ping or is it to steer efficient your communication and align with your co-workers on what to expect and what to look at that is a very good point i and good question thanks to again <laughs> for repeating again the question um to bring back the topic uh, i would say yes it is part of my role to be responsive and to show that i have received the information the same way to be an active listener 
on Slack. I cannot be an active listener because there is no one speaking, but I can show that I have received that information. And yes, true, it is not necessarily part of my job title to be respond in Slack with emojis and GIFs, but it is also connected a lot with team morale to bring a little bit of joy and happiness to everyone's uh world a little bit to the extent that we can in the remote world and i think yes that that is that i consider part of my job yes not to every single message that i receive uh, because as you said you will end up with a whole day spent spending just responding and reading messages uh but yeah, com- a clear communication and clarifying how I can best communicate with the people that I'm working directly with is extremely important. And it's a two-way communication. It is not only the person that shares the information, but also the per- people who perceive that information need to communicate the uh, receiving of that information. Yeah, I agree. And it gives us new possibilities in this remote work and one of these possibilities are our endless flexibility nowadays and Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you when you are saying uh, part of your job is to respond to messages how do you deal with your business hours is it part of your job to respond at any time or is it okay to respond at late at night at midnight because you are anyway awake and doing some thoughts about your work or how do you do you have strict boundaries i think it depends on a company if um currently no i will try to not respond uh, out of the core working hours so out of the regular working hours i try not to annoy people because a lot of the team members do have slack on their phone and do have notifications on and besides that it is not a good uh, example setting for the team to see oh this person worked until 9 p.m and responded to my message at 9 p.m because they don't know the details they don't know that maybe uh, from two to three i was out so i'm i need to work for another hour from eight to nine they, they don't know this information, so it might set a bad, bad example. So for these two reasons, I try not to do that in the current company I'm at. But previously, I've been in a company that everyone had flexible working hours. We did not have a core working hour. We had people all over the world working on the product. So it didn't matter at any time of the day you were answering. It did not necessarily bother anyone. We all set our uh, notifications off uh, when we were not working. And also when we were working, we did not necessarily care about notifications because you knew that the other person that you might talk to might be off in the next 10 minutes or might be still work, has work to do for another seven hours. So it really depends on the company culture for me Yeah, and the company agreement. And again, I want to add the transparency here and to make that clear in the beginning right mm-hmm. it should not be the job of your new joiner to figure out how it this is handled in your remote first company or however you want to call your work environment it should be handed out it should say hey um 
we have people all over the world in all time zones work whenever you want but make sure you have your 12 hours 14 hours of rest or make sure you have your eight hours of working time and use the status message of the messenger consciously right and yeah. respect it if someone else is out of office and i would wish to have a message uh, a feature like i see in telegram nowadays i can write a message that is delivered when the people get online when the person gets oh online. that's super nice yeah if you right click the send button and the person is sharing their availability times then you can send it on the right time or on most of the uh, messengers you can also send on time-based because yeah. i also follow flexible working hours and sometimes i work at really ugly times and in the past i thought okay it's in the responsibility of every person to mute their phones or mute the notifications if they want to sleep but turned out not many people are doing it the fomo is real and they or they forgot it and then you are with friends and your your phone is ringing and you're just take a look and then your mind is again switched into work mode even though you try exactly. to avoid it so i think it's the responsibility of a good co-worker to respect to know and respect the working hours of the people of your yeah i completely clients. agree yeah i think it was a great conversation we did a lot of turns and twists but i'm, I'm happy where we ended up with <laughs> it is again a beautiful icing on the cake of team engagement right <laughs> exactly yeah true so um i can summarize it in a couple of points that uh first there are different methods that we work so as an example that our work it has different ways one is one of the ways is communication that communication can be through meetings etc um, or it can be online it can be on slack but it is important to agree on the way that we communicate it is important to communicate not only when you have the information to share but when you are also receiving information to react to it and it is important to respect uh, the um, status and the agreement that you have with your uh, team uh, on the core working hours, on the ways of, of working and when to uh, send information to each other. Yeah. Did I miss anything, Paul? I don't think so. Great, um, because you usually take care of the summarizing at the end. I was like, let me do it this time. <laughs> the AI will tell us if there was missing point. Um, but no, this conclusion is a great way into transparency. And yeah, I, um, share this podcast with one of your co-workers who writes messages out of working hours or is thinking about this topic or is not responding to your Slack messages or is just a great communicator because sometimes you just need to get a glimpse into some topics and some ideas to start with, right? And then our day-to-day -day work will become better. Pleasure talking to you, Gonja. Thank you a lot. That was a great ending. I really liked it. Please send this podcast to others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was also really nice talking to you, Paul. Thank you. Bye. Bye.